Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again. It is the incredible in the black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world, and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who are cooler than the other side of the pillow. I am your host, Big O, Mister in the Black himself. But you know, I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of the team. Crush, say what's up, man. What's good, everybody? No doubt. L, say what's up, man. Yo. No doubt. And if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure that you hit that thumbs up button. It goes a long way. Helps with the algorithm. Hit that subscribe button as well. It means a lot. But if you really want to be down, you can join the family. L, please tell these folks how they can do that if they want to. I want to say thank you to all of our patrons, man, who have supported us, who have been with us all of the day ones. Get down the lay down folk who have been with us from the gate. Yeah, ten toes. Sincerely, I want to thank all five of y'all for y'all support. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> it was you know six, but so that, that six one's card keeps declining, so we yeah, had to I kick them out of the group. Nah, uh, <laughs> you just keep hearing you talk shit about them at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be four I'm next week. It's going to be four next week. I know. Week. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, I'm out. Fuck it. I'm out. But thank y'all, man, for riding with us. And for you guys who want to join in to become a member of the family, man, go ahead over to our website, uh, dope website that's really got some great information. You can find past shows on it, man, and listen via the website and just have all the good time. Listen to our shenanigans that you desire. Click on the Become Family tab. Once you click on that Become Family tab, there's a whole bunch of different shit that you can do. There's two things that we really encourage you to do. And honestly, they both require the same thing. Your money, right? Let's get right to it. We're literally independent black media who is only going to be sustained and successful via you giving us money to continue to pour into this product. Uh, If you believe in what we do, we ask you to do that. There's two ways you can do it. You can donate directly via Cash App, dollar sign in the black PDCST, or become a patron. Uh, If you do that, man, you get the off the cuff segment, the behind the scenes stuff. You think the shenanigans and the shit that we do on the air, uh, your mama likes. Wait until you do this. Wait until you get a hold of that shit. <laughs> Listen, if, if your wife leaves you because of shit that I say, don't be mad at me. Uh, <laughs> We're going to make sure to place a disclaimer at the beginning of every yeah, episode. Yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah. Goddamn. Elgin Bailey, not a licensed therapist yet. <laughs> <laughs> you got a whole lot of heartbreak and baggage with him, so be careful what you listen yeah, to. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. He'll have you burn the whole house down. But thank you guys. <laughs> Literally. Uh, thank you guys for all of the support that you guys have provided throughout the years, man. We love you. And, and the last thing is, we really need you guys to share the clips that we put on social media. Like, we have these dope Instagram clips that 
Big O works really hard on to chop up and put together, we really need y'all to be sharing them on your social media platforms, man. That helps uh, new listeners and new listeners gives more money. It just allows us to continue to build a strong, viable, independent black platform. So help us out, man. Share our shit. No doubt. L, let's go ahead and jump into segment number one, man. You tell us what we got on deck. Man, I didn't even know if I wanted to do this particular topic. And the reason why is because this is, this person is one of black folks' new, uh, what is it? It's not necessarily idle, but untouchables, right? Hmm. If you start mentioning and talking about this particular person, there's a large segment of the population, women, who get really upset, black women, when you talk about this particular person. But I said, fuck it. Okay, because I think this is something that's important to discuss, particularly what's taking place down in Georgia. More importantly, with the midterm elections that literally is a week away where we get a chance to watch the Democratic Party get their ass whipped across the country. Stacey Abrams, good old Stacey. Boy, listen, the way y'all pull out y'all pom poms for Stacey. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna keep that joke to myself because that one might get me kicked off the air if I say that one right there, boy. Like, Stacy got that guac guac 2000 on y'all. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, whoa, <laughs> whoa, boy. All right, man, good night, ladies and gentlemen. We'll, we'll, catch, we'll, here. we'll, 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 we'll catch, we'll catch you on the next episode. Here, sir. Uh, all right, family, we'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> no, no, seriously, the level. The level of love that y'all have for Stacy, uh, I think is really fascinating. And I think it's going to be a great case study in the future. I have a lot of theories and, and reasons why I believe that sh- many black women or women in general subscribe and support Stacey Abrams. I'll, I'll share that again later. But what I'm seeing now is that Stacey Abrams' campaigns over the years have come under fire, has been some questioning around specifically the amount of money that Stacey has attributed. Now, I want to be clear. I didn't pick this piece as a way of just using Stacey as target practice or to take to talk about Stacey because she's a black woman or I hate black women. I picked this because I found this particular story fascinating. Not only the story, because it's one of many stories surrounding Stacey Abrams and campaign finances. So the Politico this week uh, dropped a article, a special report, right? The title of it says Abrams campaign chair collected millions in legal fees from voting rights organizations. Fair Fight Action, the nonprofit funded by Abrams, paid her close friend and allies law firm $9.4 million in 2019 and 2020 with two more years of billing yet to disclose. Now, before I go any further, I want to say this. To be fair to Sister Abrams, what she is being accused of here 
is not abnormal for politicians to be involved in. This is not this is this is not a a new thing. She's not creating a will here. Uh, so it's not that. I found it incredibly fascinating because this is again a pattern that we're seeing in regards to Stacey Abrams, but more importantly, I think no politician, regardless of gender, race, or ethnicity, should be above critique yeah. and examination, including Sister Abrams, right? Who many say did great work in Georgia, uh, but even those numbers have been challenged, right? The voting register has been challenged. It's been called into question, whether fairly or unfairly, who mm-hmm. did it, Republicans, it's been called into question. So I found this conversation fascinating. So it's not necessarily wanting to discuss what she's accused of, but more along the lines of discussing how we elevate in our desire for representation, elevate people to a particular position where they're not able to be challenged or scrutinized, very similar to the way that we had the conversation earlier about Kanye. Early on, Kanye was in a very similar situation. And for many people, they still hold him in that place of reverence that he can't be scrutinized, that he has some great master plan. And similar, the arguments around Sister Abrams is, okay, everybody else is doing it. It's a small amount of money. And look at all of the good that she's doing she's in Georgia. Done. Yeah, no, no, I dig it. I dig it. I think it's a perfect storm of events, to be quite honest with you. And I think the overlying thing right now is that we, as the black community, we're looking for not just looking, I don't want to debase it by saying we're looking for a savior, but we're looking for people of recognition in these spaces so much that oftentimes we fail to properly vet these people before we make them these higher level of whoever, right? Before we start looking to them. Now, once again, like you said, the work that Stacey Abrams has done in Georgia, like I said, it's a perfect storm of events. She came at the right time with the right villain and the right cause behind it. And she did what she needed to do. I think on top of that also, I don't think it, be, it can be understated specifically for Stacey Abrams that she is a regular woman. And you know what I mean by that. She doesn't she doesn't fit the motif of that standard polished, slim figured, light complected politician that black people usually get trotted or have placed in front of them. She's a thick boned, dark skinned woman that came in and said she's going to shake things up. And a lot of people, especially black women, gravitated towards that. For that I, particular reason. For that sure. for that, and the host of the for, things for, that yeah, she was for, able yeah, to do. I don't do want to diminish that, all, yeah, and all the okay. things she was able to do. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I can understand it. Now, once again, I think the underlying thing is that we don't properly vet all of these people or continue to ask the necessary questions. Continue to vet them. Yeah, sure. to continue to vet them. Or, or maybe we just have, we can't properly establish or commit to our own sense of standards. What do you mean? Break break that down. I mean, you know, maybe we have a preconceived notion that you know when they've they've gotten this far, they must be qualified in every way that we need. Mm. But I don't Mm. think we've really established that criteria with that 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 kind of exchange with them. We think we do in these rallies and and and, and, you know town meetings or what have you. 
but you know, there definitely needs to be something more codified when it comes to our our standards for our representatives. You know, mm-hmm. maybe seem may seem somewhat unrealistic, but that's what it looks like here. That you know, there's a there's a there's a curtailing of standards that would have uh, prevented this kind of excessive uh, billing. <laughs> had, right, right, right. You know, but I mean, like you like we were saying before, though it's it's par for the finances. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, it's not a new phenomenon. It's an evergreen yeah. issue, you know, yeah. as, as you would say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that's largely the reason why people are blowing it off and not making it more of a big deal. I think because they've heard the story before. Because they've heard the story. But I also think that if she was a white male Republican, I think this would be bigger news. I think this would be a bigger story, but I think because it's Stacy, I think it's because it's Georgia, because of what she did previously right, doing, right. I think all of those things play in place. And I think, again, the larger point is not so much about Sister Abrams. It's, again, going back to the Kanye conversation where we can be mad at Kanye all day. But we also have to hold up the mirror and begin to examine ourselves and hold ourselves accountable for the way that we continue to elevate certain people into certain positions without having a standard, like Cross said, of being able to hold them accountable, a standard of measure to look to, to reference, but also an avenue to hold them accountable. So when black celebrities and black people of any prominence do some treacherous traitor shit to us, not saying say sister Abrams did that, but when they do that to us, we have no mechanism in place to be able to hold them accountable for that treacherous traitor shit. So they get a chance to, to do it, make money off of it, gain notoriety and success, and we sitting there like, we just mad now and, and can do nothing. And again, I want to be clear that this is not an attack on Sister Abrams. And I'll be honest also, part of the reason why I continue to say that it's not an attack on Sister Abrams is because it's a climate that we live in that black men have to be very cautious when we're having conversations about about black women in positions of power. Because if I don't offer that disclaimer, I'm going to be looked at as... You're still going to be looked at that either way. I I know. But at least, you know, the people who actually read books can actually say, oh, yeah, I heard what he said and hold that. Yeah. Like you said, but this, once again, this unfortunately is par for the course. And depending that, we we here, I think I'm I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm, I think I can sum it up by saying that we are not right leaning in our positions, right? In our ideologies. To the left, to the left. Right. So, with that being said, you know that there are a lot, <laughs> this motherfucker, there's a lot of people that would say that because of Stacey being a Democrat, it does, that story doesn't bode well for the image of the Democratic Party, right? So, that's one of the reasons why people aren't putting it in the news. I'll ask you guys a question. Because the Democrats guys... have such a sterling representation. Oh, when yeah. it comes Beautiful. to money oh, yeah. management. No, yeah, exactly. image. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did any of you guys, do? are any of you guys aware that Nancy Pelosi was attempting to place forth a bill that would allow Congress members to be able to do, essentially do insider trading on, yeah. on the stock market? And, and tell the, I think, I wish we I had the article in front of me, but the larger story is what her husband was doing 
and the amount of money her husband was doing, she was looking to put this bill in place as a way of protecting her husband's dealings, his ill-earned gains, and allow him to continue to do it. And she has made, via her husband, millions Millions upon millions of dollars. dollars. And she was pushing this bill that I don't think made it. No, it did not. It did not. Luckily enough, there were folks that stepped in and was like, nah, that this is not... This is not. This is not. It. Her, I think her this base salary may be a hundred thousand dollars, but she's a millionaire f- several times over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their base salary is more than a hundred. It's like a hundred plus thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's a hundred plus. Them, yeah, I know that yeah. they gave themselves a raise recently too. But that's a anyway. That's a whole other yeah. story. But she is she is yeah. one of many millionaires in Congress for people that are earning a hundred plus thousand dollars a year to ultimately be millionaires. Now, to be fair, some of these people were millionaires before they got into Congress, but a lot of them were not. And what Stacey is being accused of is funneling campaign money through her good friend's law firm, right? Which allowed her good friend to get a come up, right? And, and, And I dig it. And again, as a black man coming from a poor working class community, I can't tell you how many times I've left the door open for another brother or sister to get a come up in a Facts. system Facts. that has been trying to keep me and them down forever. So right. that means I'm, you know, giving you extra pencils or look at a different way or sliding you some inside information to help you get this job because right, right, if not, right. Tom and Karen may fucking get it. I'm going to do whatever. I mean, it's just a part of the game. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. It's just, it's yeah. just the nature of the beast. So I again, it's part of it. I think we as black people are always, like you said, we're always looking to try and give, maybe it takes right, a little we, bit of, you know, uh, tooth uh, pulling, no, but we're, uh, oh, well, now well, I'll give you an example. When we were, me and my wife, mm. we were traveling, we got on the airplane and because I was kicking it with the, uh, one of the, not the stewardess, whoever it is behind the, the yeah, don't say the stewardess. Please don't say yeah, the stewardess. stewardess. Behind save the, your the life. agent. The agent behind the the desk when you're signing up, right? Yeah. We both went to HBCUs. We started talking about HBCU life and all that other stuff. And she's like, "Oh, you know, don't worry about it. Well, I'll I'll just check these bags for free." I was like, "You sure?" She's like, "Yeah, I got you. Let me just." And you know, each bag is like forty bucks for for both of us. So that's eighty dollars that I saved. And this like, this neither like a- you nor your wife said, "Oh my God, I can't let you do that." Take our no, credit card. I, I actually, Take- I actually did, and my wife was like, "You dummy, she's trying to give you the hookup." <laughs> And I, was, I knew your I knew your wife was a smart one. I mean, listen, you didn't have to tell us that you, shit. Dog, was, damn it, bro. You know, listen, listen. As as a black man that has watched many a black man get walked out the door for some shit, I was, I was not one trying of to those black men. I understand. What you're saying. I, I was not I trying did. to be yeah. the reason. Her boss could have been right around the motherfucking corner for all I knew. I was like, listen, she would have got fired this, that day because you give it. Like, I mean, listen, it's on you your own. Do I'll take it. <laughs> if we good, we good. But I'm at least yeah, gonna offer the joke. She is But there's nothing. It's nothing worse when your kin folk don't remember to be fucking kin folk. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, when they forget God, the rules of engagement. When they uh, forget the rules, or they they come uh, at the wrong time when the wrong manager is on duty. The rules of the game, like, Yo, and you like, bro, listen, I told you to come between four and five. You done fucking showed up at seven, and you want twelve cheeseburgers. How the hell am I give you twelve you cheeseburgers and Jose is in the back? You gotta wait for Tom to get here, bro. Tom don't Tom be in there smoking meth, man. You know what the hell? Come on, bro. Talk you know what? what? And, 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 That's a true story, by the way. That's a true story. Shout out to the cousin. The, the, 
I know you listened. You remember the story. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. On that note, uh, day, Crush, I want you to uh, <laughs> Crush, go ahead and let's 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 start with what you got on deck. <laughs> oh, man, well, I found a very interesting article that actually has become an issue that's slowly getting some serious turn because uh, apparently, according to the Washington Post, America has a black sperm donor shortage, and black women are paying the price. Um, apparently, um, recent uh, surveys uh, have said that women uh, between the ages of 35 and 45, black women, are more likely to remain unmarried than women from other racial groups. And uh, yet black sperm donors represent just a fraction of the available supply uh, for these women, fewer than 2% of, at the country's four largest sperm banks, according to this analysis by the, by the Post. Um, the... Uh, the reasons for this are one, generally that for one, these sperm banks don't really push their services towards the black community often. Um, they're more promoted towards white men. Two, um, the, uh, there are the demands or the requirements for, for donation um, often require medical services that are sometimes out of, out of reach for some black men. Um, and then uh, there are also other restrictions um, involving uh, involving felonies, and uh, and even just a general fear and mistrust from us towards um, these uh, these sperm banks or just the medical industry as a whole. Um, I didn't realize how bad it was until I really you know dug far. Start looking at some of these numbers, yeah, these, these numbers, numbers, and I didn't realize you know how bad it was, and um, and what these women are going through. Um, from un unlicensed sources to apps, even um, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's pretty. Uh, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised when I go down to when they get into the reasons, but um, I guess it is cause for concern. And you know, on the you know, I, I can I can I can relate to the at least I, at one point I can definitely relate to the issue. You know, then mm, I do. Yeah, I do. So I, I do definitely would love to you know see what you gentlemen thought of this particular issue that. You know, I mean, I'm sure maybe one or two of us may have some women in our lives who have decided to adopt or decided to do this on their own, or a couple that have, weren't otherwise able to have a child in their own. Maybe we can recount the experience. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think. Wanna, the, the, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, though. Okay. No, I wanted to say that I think this is another area that Black people have neglected to remember has a strong racist anti-Black foundation, right? Uh, when it comes to reproductive rights, most of the arguments, rightfully so in many instances, are around abortion rights, right? Uh, right to, you know, all the things. But what is not talked about enough is the racist anti-Black policies and laws and things that have been put in place that have made it difficult for black people to adopt, for black sperm donors, uh, not even to mention what black women go through when it comes to their reproductive justice situations, right? Just going to the OB, how many black women have countless stories of when they were about to give birth, 
that the doctors and nurses didn't want to provide them with a certain level of care. Typically, that care was surrounding pain management because, you know, mm, the old yeah, adage right is black people, people can tolerate more pain. Can tolerate more pain. Yeah, so yeah, when sure. I read the story about <clears throat> the sperm donors, it, it wasn't surprising to me. It was disheartening, right? Because it's an it's a demonstration of another way that I think has a large shadow of anti-blackness over it, but it's not a conversation that is typically, you know, had within our community for a variety of reasons, right? Um, mm-hmm. a, a bunch of reasons that I wish that we could overcome, but I think it's it's not there's not a sperm donor facility. In most poor working class cities, yeah, we read about that. Cities. So, in order to be able, that should cost. It costs money to have someone else's sperm. To use the sperm donor system is a very expensive situation that a lot of medical insurance carriers do not support and participate in. So it's only, unfortunately, it's only a a certain selection and group of people who have access to the type of resources to use those type of facilities. But it's racist as fuck. Go ahead. I think, well, everything that you said is accurate, but I think at this point, the biggest part is that the issues that you've brought up are what women and families that are looking to adopt and so on are dealing with. But from a black male's perspective, why do you think we are not going there and actually donating? I I think we just I think it's I think it's specifically we just don't trust the system. We don't trust the system enough that we believe, and I think rightfully so, based off of the history of this fucking country, that they're going to do something with our sperm. But I also think that's kind of not a thought, a fully fleshed out thought, right? Because you end up using Face ID on your iPhone. You do all this mm-hmm. other shit with that that provides them with access to you. They already have the They already have Yeah, you just yeah. don't want to give them your nut now. I, I'm just they like, might already have your DNA. Generations of your DNA. I have a homie of mine that I was having this conversation with, and she basically broke it down and said that she believes the black men are selfish, that every other race of men. I'm just telling you what she said. She said every other race of men have been dedicated to the idea of prolonging, extending, increasing their race, their culture. And black men come across as though the only time they want to be able to do that is when they have a relationship or know the mother of the child. Now, me. So hold on. In her thought process, we should just be giving free nut away as a way of somehow prolonging the race. She, like, she's what she's how's saying. How's there a guarantee that we're going to like, our sperm is going to a what black? What she's saying is that when you look at the num- what she's saying is that when you look at the numbers, there's such a drastic, such a drastic separation I'm between. I'm gonna make a Facebook post white, and say, hey, white counterparts, all black men. Hispanic, even a even deep. Asian counterparts. There's such a drop off. Now this now this is the thing that gets me. Okay, and I want to get you guys input on this. From the numbers that we've seen, nothing has actually made a distinction between 
black people, black African Americans and black ethnic people. Okay. And I want you to follow my, follow my, my, my rationale here. There are so many cultural mores, stipulations, and pressures that black ethnic people face when it comes to child rearing, child birth relationships that are not necessarily imposed on the African-American community. From the time that you are 18, you get to college. I know that in an African household, they're already prepping you to start dating, finding somebody, and getting married and having kids yeah. off Jump Street. I mean, yeah. talk less of going out. So, so why do you need to go donate your sperm? Go have your own kids. I'll never forget my. I was telling my my mom, we were just having this conversation. My mom, my wife, and we we're having a conversation about being a surrogate and all these other things or adopting, and her cultural mindset. And I'm not saying that other folks don't have this, but I know it's very prevalent in ethnic households. It was like. There's nothing better than your own. Why would you want to go adopt? Whether those kids need somebody or not, there's nothing better than your own. Go have your own kids. Why would you donate your sperm when you can just go ahead and find the right woman and have a child? You get what I'm saying? So there is a distinction, I think, culturally that we need to examine. I'm not yeah, saying that I have I the mean, answers, yeah. but I think we need to examine that portion as well. Yeah, I can. So I can. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I can say that you know when discussions of adoption were there. That there was definitely a a definite kind of a given attitude, you know, that we would be looking at Haitian and Guyanese and Jamaican sources, mm. you know. Fortunately, we have a uh, um, a completely different option we did not expect. Um, that it's surprisingly. Um, uh, supportive and and uh very uh easy on us more than i expected you know to make mm -hmm. this happen mm -hmm. i was I, I was surprised and the state of maryland is pretty intense about about adoption and surrogacy mm -hmm. they're pretty intense about it but i, I think mean, that's, a, that's that's an area too man that right there bruh when you look at i mean we were talking about black male sperm donors when you begin to look at the number of black children who are in fucking foster listen i yeah i know but i and i think the thing is that is not a, this is another subject that is not talked about enough right surrogacy is not talked about enough in the community, right? Um, in the community, because I, I can't think of a time where I've actually had a conversation with someone about surrogacy or I didn't know what this fucking surrogacy shit was until like maybe eight years ago when yeah, one of yeah, my yeah. colleagues it's been going around a, yeah, yeah, a sister mean, I, does she gets paid? She was telling me how much she gets paid to be a surrogate yeah. mom. I, I was yeah, like, what do you I mean know, surrogate? I, She's I, like, I, I carry somebody's baby full term. I know, a and they give me forty grand. And I'm like, what? This shit exists. I knew a couple situations where that worked out. Worked out. I mean, in general, it, it works out. You know what I'm saying? It does. Um, it can in be. General, it, works, it, it works out yeah. to everyone involved in general. But yeah. you know, I'll say again, personal experience. You know, looking into it. Um, uh, that's one heavy bill. Yeah. yeah no. I, and I, I, um, I we're talking like you know, thesis level 
of paperwork. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And oh, yeah. I, I mean, bet. yo, like, like you, you, you really think about getting your lawyer because they like, do you want, like, do you want to, do, do you want to do this a lawyer or not? Because you don't want to do a lawyer, you're gonna have to read all this shit yourself. But hold up, boy. But let's keep it. Let's keep it funky. I think that in the in the community, sperm donorship is frowned upon, right? Wouldn't you think? Because it seems like it seems like some weird white people shit. There we go. It's also because there's all this 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 underlying sentiment that you know you're 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 instantly becoming a a deadbeat dad. But you know, like by choice, mm, yeah, yeah, by choice, yeah, no yeah, less, yeah. and yeah, for money, choice. no less, and for money, no less. You're going to be a deadbeat dad, and black mm. men don't want to deal with that anymore. Yeah, yeah you know, like that to... image, they don't want to deal with that image anymore. Like I know, mm. in our from our generation on up, that was one image that were like, no, we're not. Yeah, we're not, I, I, we're not, I would never even you think know, about. You know, it. You know, like yeah, we, we, our generation got tired of seeing the teenage pregnancy and all the wild yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 we yeah. got serious about marriage and families. You know what I'm saying, but also I don't think you know we go in. It's it's hard in our communities to get. I guess because there's also this hyper fertile image that is attached to the that it seems so easy for women of color to get pregnant. But when the that's not is, true. That's far from true. That's yeah. far from true. It, it's but that's like I said, like I said, there's still there's so many stigmas surrounding so many stigmas st- around sperm donation and pregnancy, the community. And, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and yeah, adoption yeah. and foster care and. Because like the thing about foster care, <laughs> foster care is Bro. kind of foster care is kind of already there in the black community. You know what I'm saying? In many instances, <laughs> yeah. It's, when it's, the it's grandmas kind of, and the aunts, it's just yeah. unlicensed foster care. You know what I'm no, saying? Right. Until, until no. somebody asked the wrong question in front of the wrong person. <laughs> nah, man, I think <laughs> you know so. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, nah. yeah. yeah, but it's all of those stigmas that still surround. To talk less yeah. of the the marketing oh. aspect, like we were saying at the very yeah, beginning, see, that these folks yeah. they're not even focusing towards the black community at all. Because they, talk, they think know. we we don't have any problem having kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And do we and, and do we really want more of y'all? That's a, that's a, hey, that's, that's another that's another all right, yeah. right, all right. What's going on, family? It is time once again for another special segment of our In the Black Light. Our Black Light is our opportunity to take a deep dive into the people, organizations, and conversations that deserve the deep dive. Now, our next guest actually is, I don't think it's short. Real live hero. I don't think that it's short to say that he's anything but a hero. He was actually awarded the Medal of Valor by the St. Paul Minneapolis police for saving the life of one of his fellow Minnesotans. But it was actually his acceptance speech that had social media all abuzz. Let's take a quick listen to that. I'd like to give you an opportunity to say a few words. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. I uh, I feel like I, I did what anyone would have done with the little bit of training that they have, that I have. That day, nine of your squad cars raced past us as I was flagging them down with sending the letter you sent me. And that was a potential of 18 people. 18 people could have stopped to help preserve life. But 18 people chose to go to a potential threat. And I, and I recognized the man had a pistol and we didn't know what he was doing. I do appreciate the recognition but I won't keep this stuff because I'm very uncomfortable being here with you guys. I do not 
rock with the police. But I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to say these things. And I just want folks to know that they don't keep us safe. We keep us safe. Riots work. Thank you. Appreciate you. Please help me. Please help me welcome the good brother, Alex. Brother Alex, what's up, man? Not much, man. Thank you for having me. How's everybody doing? Ooh, brother. Uh, Riot's work, my man. Riot's we, work. We, we, we were extra good after seeing that video. I'm gonna, <laughs> can't even lie to you, bro. Can't even lie to you. Now, as we get started, okay, the yeah. primary question before we do anything else, right? you got to tell us what actually happened that day. What caused yeah. or spawned all of that, man? Uh, so I was... Um, it, it happened a year ago, October 8th. I was taking my wife to work in St. Paul. Um, and um, as we approached a busy intersection in St. Paul, Rice and Larpenter, I heard some shots, but um, I recognized them as not being very close. So I wasn't uh, really concerned. And then as I pulled to the next light, um, I could see on the speedway off to my right that there was a group of guys that was like running into the speedway like they were trying to get away from something. But I couldn't see a shooter and I didn't I didn't know what was going on. So I was just headed to take my wife to work. My light turned green. And from my right, someone turned made someone made a right and popped in front of me, blew a red light, popped in front of me, and was swerving down the road kind of crazy. And so I fell back a little bit, was like, oh, he might be. Yeah. So I just chilled. We went down the road a little bit and um he pulled over and then he hopped out immediately and you're good, but just uh he hopped out immediately and I could see he was bleeding pretty good from his left arm. Okay. And um so then I hopped out, hopped out and the first thing I asked him was uh our uh uh, is somebody coming after you? Do we need to move from right here? Uh, he was like, no, I don't know who that is. Uh, this guy just approached the van and started shooting. Um, so I had a towel and I wrapped it around his arm. But uh, he was shot and he was bleeding from like his wrist. Mm. Uh, so, so I wrapped it around above the wound, but not high enough and not tight enough. So he was still leaking pretty good. And he was so animated and so hysterical that like, he was just pumping and pumping that blood, man, and it just it just kept flowing. Um, so I went and got another uh, got a, got a, got a shirt out of the van and tied it around up underneath his armpit, um, and just trying to get him to sit down. And, but he was like trying to call his girl and trying to call his boss, and um, so then I heard sirens coming, and I thought, all right, cool, somebody's gonna come, and, and I'll I'll be relieved, um, but. And at the time, I didn't know that back up the road, uh, they had the shooter uh, cornered. Mm. Uh, so now they, they're in what they call a standoff, right? Because the dude done put the pistol to his head. Um, and so now they're in a standoff. I didn't know it at the time. Um, so all I know is that the police have been called because we called, or somebody called about a shooting. Yeah, sure. obviously. But then my wife called from the car, and I'm, I know there was people in the in the in the auto zone that was calling. Um, mm. 
So I was trying to flag them down and they just kept zooming, kept zooming, kept zooming. And I counted nine cars. Um, and I don't know if every car had two officers in it. That's why in my speech, I said the potential of 18 people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then EMTs did stop and an officer stopped and they took them in. And um, then I, the, the uh, one of the officers got my information. And later that evening, they they called me and, and said, yeah, the, the surgeon said um, uh, his artery was severed. Mm. And, and had I not stopped, he would have died. And mm. I was like, oh. Damn. Uh, yeah, it was pretty heavy. Yeah, we did. So that heavy. yeah, so then I got a letter a couple months later um, from Chief Todd Axtown, who was the chief at the time, uh, wanting to award me this Medal of Valor from St. Paul Police Department. Um, and I kind of sat with it for a second because I, I, I don't, I'm not a fan, and so I, I didn't want to. I, I don't need their, their recognition. Validation. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Um, after some conversation with my wife and like with my circle, was like, well, let's take this opportunity to make a statement. Sure. Uh, so that's what the plan was. And there, so then uh, the St. Paul Police Department was going through a change and they were changing chiefs. Mm -hmm. So I didn't hear anything for some time. And then uh, maybe a month or so ago, I heard back from them with another letter. And then we started an email conversation and then we, she gave me a couple of dates to choose from. I picked one. I called my man, Toussaint Morrison, who runs on-site public media here in mm -hmm. Minneapolis and asked for a camera person to be there. Because that's the thing is like, there was no press there. They didn't have anybody there. They had one lady with a camera, but she was, she was just, mm -hmm. Just watching, mm -hmm. just watching. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was all police and my camera person and my wife. Um, and we did it. And right after I, I dropped the camera person off and at, at their car, just a couple, like a block down, mm -hmm. and my wife and I just stopped and, and cried. I just cried. Of course. Yeah. And, and it was just a big dump of emotion, man. Yeah, but look, I want to talk about that period from the moment this speech is done, right? That the moment, the last, the period on the speech till you get to your vehicle. What type of, you know, was you getting any negative body language? Was you getting any comments? Did anybody have anything to say? Did they kind of look away? What, what was their 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 feedback or their thoughts or anything? Did they say anything to you after you said what you stated? Um, right when I took my hoodie off, I um I I saw one officer that was kind of chuckling, and I almost he almost he almost got me off my square. Uh huh. Uh huh. But I I was able to finish, and as right when I finished. I mean, I got two or three. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for what you did. Um, I didn't. I, nobody that I saw there was. I didn't feel it, but I felt it. But I also I like. It. I also like didn't give anybody an opportunity to do or say anything. I wasn't. The whole time I was there, I was not interested in shaking hands. I was not interested in eye contact. So I was yeah, looking above yeah. them as I was speaking. Um, and, and, 
because they fully anticipated shinning and yes. and, and, and glad handing. Yep. Yeah. No, I was not interested in none of that shit because I wasn't there for. Ooh, can I curse? Yeah, <laughs> fuck that. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so I, I wasn't interested in none of that, and so um, once I got up out of there, or once I was done, I was beelining. I can um, dig it. Yeah. But then I got in the truck and the and the the camera person was still there, like packing their shit up. And I was like, I, uh, I, can't, I can't leave, leave him behind. Yeah, I can't leave him behind. I dig so it. I was like, come, you know, hop in. But yeah, it was. Um, I didn't give them an opportunity, and um, I wasn't like looking for any reactions. My no, man, no, getting in and out like an OG classic. No doubt, no <laughs> doubt. No, but all right, let's take a step back, man. What, what other than not banging with the police? Yeah. Why did you think that that was the time of all the times to give that particular speech? You get what I'm saying? Because like you said, most times other people in that in that position, they think it's going to be some some shucking and jiving and some some shitting and grinning, like you said. So why did you think then to give that speech? Because um, because that would, would probably be my only opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and and. And it would be my 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 probably my safest opportunity to voice that. Yep. And yeah. so, um, and also because I wasn't interested in any of the accolades, and I knew that I was only there to make my statement. And that, that there would be no other reason for me agreeing to to go down to their precinct and hang out for a moment with them. Other than to sort of flip it and bounce it, you know what I mean? No, I, man. Listen, as the resident, you know, FTP cat on the show <laughs> for life, <laughs> ten toes down, bruh. You see me? <laughs> they make me want to break out every time they come close. Yeah, uh, I've I've had encounters similar to you. Now I, I ain't go viral, but I've been on some similar things i i commend you and when i saw the video honestly i had to watch it multiple times because i understand the level of courage that it takes to be standing behind enemy lines looking the enemy in his face and saying fuck y'all yeah uh that takes a level of audacity and a level of courage, uh, bro. You will get a round of applause from me forever for that. But one thing that you mentioned in there that I also, uh, I'm that same dude on the show. I am pro-ride. I'm pro-burn all that shit. <laughs> Everything, every time. Why y'all not burning now? I'm hold that hold. dude. Let me make sure. Let me make sure that we let the audience know. Yes, he is FTP. I think that in general, we are all FTP. Yes. However, <laughs> however, this dude, <laughs> I'm the one that has to bring him back from burning everything down and causing Burn. other people collateral. So uh, let, let's make Torch sure we're very all. clear because there's, there's a difference all, between throwing everything in the fire and nope. being strategic. And I think that your approach, Burn at least to me, came across as being strategic because you didn't come across as emotional. You didn't nope. get all It was very, arm. very strategic. Yes, indeed. And you hit them with riots work. Like that was, that phrase in and of itself is so strategic. Did you intentionally pick those two words? Yeah. yeah. So normally 
it is very hard for me to have emotional conversations without being emotional, like overly emotional because sure. I am, I am very emotive. And sure, so, sure. um, the, 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 none of it was planned for me. I didn't plan no speech. I didn't sit down with anybody and think how I should do none of it. I, I knew that I wanted to touch on the amount of people that, that passed us. Sure. But beyond that, I didn't know what I was going to say. I was going to freestyle. Um, riots worked for me. It came from, uh, after Amir Locke was killed in Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had on the on uh, downtown's uh, first precinct, somebody had spray painted riots work. And the city was very lucky that it was cold because it was the middle of February and it was fucking mm -hmm. freezing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But if it, if it were even slightly warm, it would have got hot. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but but I saw that and I thought, damn, that's crazy. Like, there's like, yeah, it does. And then. <laughs> yeah. We did an action a few days later down in front of Bolero Flats where Amir was killed. And I was that was the first time I was given the mic at an action. Um, and I said a few words and then my last words were riots work. Um, and then there's a buddy of mine at work and it's, it's crazy. And let me divert for a moment. There we, my buddy and I, his name is uh, Darius. Uh, he goes by Beef for King Beef Supreme. Hey, he loved it. He the he for for a year and some change now. He been like that's so funny to me. Rice work. He always we should make shirts and we should do this. Yes. And so uh, that day when I was getting ready to leave work to go um, to go receive the award, I told him I said I'm gonna say Rice work. Um, so that I guess that was a planned piece, but I didn't know how I was gonna fit it in. Um, but it is very much like it's simple and it's and it's true. Um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, now yeah. I'm not advocating for nobody to go out and do no ill shit. Don't worry about. It. I will. Don't worry. I'll be that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll be the bad guy. He'll be the bad guy for all of us, my guy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Burn all this shit down. I'm good. No bullshit. No bullshit. Now, two two questions. Yeah. Trivial questions, but questions nonetheless, man. First, where can I get that shirt? Um, I have a big cartel uh, link, and I can send it to you. Matter of fact, if y'all just send me your your info, I'll send y'all some shirts. Oh shit! Sure. Appreciate we'll it. Hey, we'll swap. We'll send you something. You send us yeah. something. Yeah, no bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That's what's just up. send me your just send me your sizes and where it needs to be sent to. No okay, doubt. Okay. We got you. We got you. Second question: You conceal carry? Yes, sir. Well. I I have a permit to carry, which in Minnesota covers That's enough, your, right? your permit to purchase, your concealing carry, and open carry. Oh, Word. Ho, 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 ho. Minnesota's open carry? So pretty much all of our states are open carry if you get the permit. Yeah, I mean, I don't No, 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 no. I, I think you're right, but I don't think they use the language open no. carry. And they don't want right? people they don't want people to yeah, know that yeah, you yeah, can yeah. do it. I think yeah, only, only states like few, Texas. Only a few states. Yeah, only a few yeah, states. That yeah, that actually use yeah. open carry as the yeah. language. But I, I believe you're right, because I think PA is the same way that you can, 
You can openly carry as long as you have all your paperwork. Walk around with it, but the but then it's like, why? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Then I got one more thing to worry about. I got to worry about who's on my who's on my gun side. I I dig it. Worry about yeah. So I would rather have it concealed and not have to have that extra concern. Well, well, speak speaking of that, being a leader in the community, man. And I don't think that even if you didn't want to, at this point after that speech. (laughs) <laughs> I think you are. People, yeah, a lot of folks push you in that spot. Yeah. A lot of folks don't push you in that spot. But I was talking to a homie of mine, and one of the first things he said to me when I told him that you were going to be on the show was, "He's afraid for you," because he said he knows the cops. Cops are petty, yeah. So you, it's a possibility that you've got a soft target on your back. Let's let's keep it one hundred percent funky, man. Like, how do you how do you feel about that? Because you you know that. At the very least, you're going to get every single jaywalking ticket known to man for the rest of your life, it seems, in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been on – I've already I've already been in our police face. They, like, mm. they got to they gotta know who I am. I, so during the uprising, I had a, a Ford F-350 Super, Super Duty crew cab that I had painted – uh, spray painted with uh, uh, R.I.P. George, uh, uh, Long Live Floyd, and and the back had a had a black power fist in mm. inside of Minis- inside of Minnesota. They know yeah. who I am already. Yeah, you ride around with that. They know you. Yeah, yeah. and I ride yeah. around. And I ride around, make sure they know who I am. Yeah, yeah. because, yeah. because yeah. you know I don't drive that truck no more. But what's crazy is I did have an officer wave at me today, pulled up alongside of me, gave me the double glance and waved. And that's mm-hmm. the first instance that that's ever happened. Yeah. I'm not really worried. I'm worried about their buddies. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, the wannabe cops. Right. So like, mm-hmm. but, I, but I also know like right now we haven't had any direct threats. Mm-hmm. If I do, I... I have a community in which I have people that are willing to come and spend the night awake sitting outside of my home. Okay. I have people who are willing to come sit on my job. So like I'm we're 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 prepared for we're prepared. Now, before we close out, man, we want to make sure that folks know where to find you if and where they want to find you. And plug that podcast, bro. Yeah, no plug push. that joint. So we, we're not up and running yet, but it will be an oh. hour with us, and I make sure that I blast it out when we have things up and running. Um, okay. Otherwise, uh, I'm on Instagram, Alex, uh, oof, Alex underscore does. <laughs> uh, I think I mad at you. I'm the same way. I'm on Twitter at uh, Mingus Alex M I N G U S A L E X, and um, reach out. I'm 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 open to talk. I'm down to tell my story. I'm 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 down to. I'm just a regular dude who 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 happened to do some some shit, and so I, I'm very grateful. I'm very full of of gratitude. I'm I'm humbled. From the man Chuck D from the Ghetto Boys reached out to me. That's what's up, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that's Not, what's up. Let me. Willie. 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 Willie D. D. Yeah, we got from you. The Ghetto Boys reached out to me. Yeah, yeah we, Chuck we knew what time it was. From Public Enemy. Yeah. We posted my video. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I'm I'm just honored. And you have to you have to know 
that more and more people are going to be seeking you and wanting you to come speak and to be a part of things. And that's, again, where I come back to that organization component, because that organization component is going to really help you remain grounded in your political education, your ideology, all those things. So these other folks who will bootlick, you know what I mean, won't take advantage of you and try to use you for some slimy shit because there's a whole lot of them cats whole lot out of slimy there. Shit. So yeah, just not nah, but the the but the bro already seems like he's got a good circle around him, man. So I don't think we've got I too do, much. I tell you what, I want to I I, I want to stay con I want to stay connected. You know what I mean? So like, if I need some folk, you know what I mean? So let's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. bro, listen, yeah, reach course. out. We'll, we'll yeah, be in contact. Yeah, no listen, no doubt. All right. All right, Absolutely, brother man, Mingus, it's, we it's appreciate your time, appreciate man. You and sincerely doing sharing your story, man. Please Thanks. continue to take care of your family, man. Yeah. Absolutely. All Say the things, night, bro. Hey. Young brother, good night, man. Be safe. Alex, man. we'll be reaching out, man. We'll be in contact. Uh, and we'll we'll continue to build, brother. Be be Thank easy you. and be safe, my man. Thank no you. Doubt. Appreciate y'all. Peace back. Easy. All right. Right about now is the time we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you could take with yourself into the week. Crush, what's up, man? Oh, hold on one second. I just heard about this because um, we've been getting back into Hulu lately for some damn reason. And uh, they coming out a very interesting docuseries uh, called The Head Tales. And it's called A Love Letter to Black Women. Um, it's created by Michelangelo Davis and, and, and produced by Oprah Winfrey Davis and uh, Tracy uh, Ellis Davis and Ross. Uh, I believe it will be coming out sometime later this year. Uh, my wife and her friends are very excited. It uh, comes at a critical time when the March of uh, Representatives uh, passed the Crown Act, a bill banning race-based hair discrimination based on mm -hmm. hairstyles. It's now headed to the Senate for a vote. From the conversations with Ray and Martin uh, to Congresswoman Presley, the series will massively explore the personal stories of Black women of all ages and backgrounds to offer a sense of community and togetherness in a way none of us have seen before. Interesting. Yeah. Now, real soon, the hair tales. Oh, man. I just want to encourage people, man, to, I think. When we see situations like we see with Kanye and other celebrities and things along those lines, I want us to read more, but the problem comes in with what to read. So my encouragement would be for everyone who is a member of the African diaspora to get involved in some local organization where you guys have political education and study groups where you read texts and you read books and you do things and you unpack them and figure out what's true and how can it be applied to improve the material conditions of your community. I think when we begin to do more of those things like those lines, that is a solution to much of the bullshit that we hear coming from some of these dumbass celebrities who have a awful case of foot and mouth syndrome. So, Join the organization, man. Get involved. Uh, what's up for me this week, man, is that our favorite airport, our favorite Atlanta airport is back at it again. Uh, last week or a week before, we reported on on uh, Eric Andre and Clayton English being racially profiled at Atlanta's mm -hmm. 
Hartfield Jackson Airport where they were pulled over to try for some weird drug and narcotics um, operation that the uh, Atlanta police or Clayton County police had at the time. Now it seems as though because of this lawsuit, they've pulled Clayton County police out of this situation and they've actually brought in DEA agents. So there was an actual film director. His name is Tabari Studervant. Uh, he recently posted on Instagram that he was stopped in the same exact manner, but this time, instead of by Clayton County police officers, he was stopped by DEA agents that basically didn't ask him, but forced him to open his bag in front of everybody at the point and just ran through all of his shit and still took his money. So it looks like they're stepping up their game, man. Jesus. Yeah. I know. I'm still I'm still just I'm just as blown as you are, Crush, man. Like when I heard it, I was like, I, I thought that this lawsuit would have at least made you guys fall back, but and would have like, no, up a little bit. Uh, yeah, but they're like uh, clearly not. That's what, I mean, I I would like to think that things like that would you know actually affect a little bit of tourism, uh, <laughs> nah, dog. And the homeboy, he just he was he was really. Uh, I'm not going to disparage him, but I can understand where he's coming from. He's like he's sitting, he's shook because the police got <laughs> surrounded him. Three cops surrounded him, started making him pull stuff out of his bag, and he's the only black person in the vicinity. And everybody starts pulling out their phones, looking at this dude, like recording him. He's like, dude, I'm just trying to get from here to L.A. Like, why are you guys giving me a hard time, man? But like I said, I guess Atlanta is for Atlanta's for drug dealers. I didn't know that they had that just such a large but, drug know, problem the, in Atlanta. But the, but the worst part is, you know, half the product is going right down ninety five, motherfucker. Yeah, right. It's, they're sure they're, 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 they're they're not carrying that shit on the plane. They're sure like. It's just a money grab, man. But it is what it is, man. Crush, where can folks find you if they want to find you, man? man they can find me as usual um, on Instagram at the Orange Crush with a K or at SP Methods, where um, I just dropped a new record. Okay. Yes, you did. He dropping more. He dropping more albums than DJ Khaled out this show, no bro. No doubt. This nigga is he's still yeah. busy. Uh, Busy, busy, my guy. Yeah, I'm trying to be busy like my yeah. man. Yeah, busy, busy. L, where can folks find you, man? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, man, at Elgin Baylor. No doubt. And I'm Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us, and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black. PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Make sure you come on over to our website, www.intheblackpodcast.com, and check out past episodes. And if you're if you're so inclined, come on over and join the family at our Patreon. You will not regret it. Please. But until next time, as always, informed, intelligent, in the, in the black. black. Peace. This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. In The Black, bro. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like y'all. Fredericks, what up? I 
Your brother black up me, Bertrand. Listen. In the black podcast, like your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, the fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't wrong, you're all whack. It falls, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Resting them my excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up me, bro. Man, a specialist. No what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said, they're my cheat. Who no do it so effortless? I listen, them I learn. Man, them listen, them I benefit. Reporting, current event. Everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, a scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts. Bringing them to your residence. In your house or your tenement. Listen, they hear intelligence. Body filled with melanin. Power that's so unsettling. Bright in the stars. Bringing some light back to the desolate. In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that before. In the black podcast, they pumped up. Who looks like watch black up here? Chat me down. In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that before. In the black podcast, we all lost. They will let them turn. None of them will come true. Yes, yeah. Just like that, though. <laughs> 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 <laugh